All right, my good friend Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal was there as I was yesterday watching the action there at Allegiant Stadium. Sammy the Bull, what's going on, man? PC, happy Monday. How you doing? Appreciate you having me on the show. You got it, brother. All right, give me some thoughts. You heard from Derek Carr. You heard from Josh Jacobs. You heard from Josh McDaniels. Your thoughts about the Raiders' victory over the Texans. Yeah, TC, I think um, the second half uh, yesterday was as good as they played all season. Uh, right? All three phases. You force uh, a turnover on defense, the pick six. Uh, the running game was really able to you could get established with Josh Jacobs behind a, an improving offensive line. I wrote about that a little bit in today's paper, Las Vegas Review Journal. Um, and, and then just great execution on both ends. I think that was – you didn't see that in the first half. Quite frankly, it, the team was very sloppy. Uh, not what you necessarily expect out of a bye week in which they had, you know, wanted to fix a number of those issues. I think some of those issues came up. There was penalties, penalties on special teams, uh, and defensively really struggling against, a, you know, a lame offense in Houston. That, that's not a prolific offense by any means, and, and they were getting chunk plays, you know, throughout the course of the first half. But some adjustments at halftime uh, allowed the Raiders to close the game in a rather decisive fashion. And, and all things considered, um, I was impressed uh, by, by the tenor of the second half, no doubt about it. And uh, it was a game, quite frankly, like you said, you had to win that game. Uh, they're the Texans. Uh, the, the, the state of these two organizations are completely different. Texans clearly rebuilding uh, or trying to rebuild. And the Raiders much, you know, in win-now mode and needed that win to, to, to basically preserve their season or what's left of their season. Uh, so they, they get the win, they handle business, and now all of a sudden you're in premium position uh, to go down to New Orleans with, with, with the number of things clicking uh, to, to pick up another victory. So I thought it was a good win, um, but the Raiders still have a long way to go given the, the, the 1-4 start in order to get back in the playoff picture. If they can play like they did yesterday, put together uh, games in all three phases, then they're going to have a shot. Uh, but that, that's just one, one game, and they're going to have to do that several more times. Josh Jacobs, again, is is a fantastic running back. We saw him at Alabama where he was outstanding, but just didn't hasn't seemed like he really, you know, really got to his full potential. Or maybe he wasn't given the opportunity with the the offense that John Gruden was running and then you know the mess that they had, you know, last year with Gruden leaving, Basachi coming in, and now here comes Josh McDaniels. Uh we know that Josh Jacobs is playing for his contract. Uh, the Raiders elected not to renew him for whatever reason. But his performance this year is is very, very good, Sam. And I don't think it's because he's playing for a contract. I just think that it's because maybe he's in this system that suits him well. We saw uh, McDaniels and Bill Belichick, you know, g- even though they had Tom Brady with all those those great Patriot teams, they would take times – and run the football a majority of the time. Do you see Jacob's success really basically being attributed to this offense? Uh, I think that's definitely a piece of it. Uh, I think you you do have the last three games, right, a, a very concerted effort to feature Jacobs, to feature the running game, and to, to use the run more or less to set up the pass. Now, for whatever reason, first three games, three first three, four games, perhaps score, perhaps circumstance, perhaps a, com- perhaps a combination of both, just not as refined up front. Uh, they, they weren't featuring Jacobs. It was very pass-heavy. Uh, and while the Raiders were in those games, you know, the first, the, the, the first three games that they lost, uh, they, they didn't control the, the games like they did. You know, quite frankly, all, you know, the last three, three weeks, even though they lost to Kansas City, they were in control for a large portion of that game and had the ball in their hands with an opportunity to win. So I think leaning into Jacobs – uh, has certainly uh, helped his production, but I also think you're, you're seeing a player who now is 24 years old, 
right, has matured a little bit. Um, talked yesterday about just kind of the extensive preparation that he put in, in the offseason. Uh, he, tra- he was training in Miami for a couple months, working out on his own, even though he was away from the team, and really refined his diet. He talked a little bit yesterday about why he made those changes. Uh, and he said just understanding his body better, knowing what he needs, knowing how hard to go, maybe when to, when to step back in the offseason. And, you know, you see a, a player that has regained some of the explosiveness that he has as a rookie. Let's not forget, he was an 1,100-yard back, uh, averaging almost five point yards of, or, you know, almost five yards of pop uh, his first year in the league. I think some nagging injuries took away a little bit of his burst the last couple of years. And, and now that he's healthy, you know, he's in um, top condition. He's been, he's quite frankly, he's been performing uh, like the best running back in the league, if not, you know, one, you know, one of the best two or three. I mean, there's a number of ways you can go, but he's right up there uh, in terms of all the statistical measures, uh, yards, uh, yards per carry, touchdowns, three straight 100-yard games with a touchdown that's only been done a handful of times since the NFL merger. So he's really um, emerging, and, and, and the Raiders are leaning into that. They understand at this stage this is the strength of their offense and this is the kind of style uh, they want to play. And, and who knows, right, score and circumstance, might dictate other playing styles uh, moving forward. But I think there's, uh, in the NFL, when you can establish a running game, you hear teams and coaches talk about it all the time, the importance of it, and you see why. Because it's, it means you're being physical. It means you're, you're, you're winning those battles at the line of scrimmage. And then Josh Jacobs uh, has just kind of been magical in his own right with the way he's able to break tackles and shift and some of the elusiveness we've seen. So I think it's a number of factors. But it's certainly a credit to McDaniels and the coaching staff for making those adjustments uh, and leaning into him when he's playing so well and when you have an offensive line that the strength um, is clearly run blocking as the pass protection continues to develop and evolve. Sam Gordon joins us from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Sam's column appears oh, a couple times a week. And again, wrote a great column regarding this game yesterday with the Raiders and the Texans. Uh, go check that out. Sam, can the Raiders win long-term against the upper echelon teams. And the reason why I ask that is because they beat a Houston Texans team. They were favored by more than a touchdown yesterday. They are supposed to win this game. And now when you look at the schedule upcoming, you've got some very beatable opponents. I mean, you got the Saints. Uh, the Saints are not the same team that we've been accustomed to seeing over the last decade. Not them at all. Uh, huge question marks at, at, at quarterback. And and then you've got Jacksonville. You, got to have, you have Indianapolis. Uh, and that whole division, you know, it, it's it's questionable. So they're going to have some very, very winnable games here. And I just have a feeling that the fan base may, you know, get a little bit lost in, in the shuffle here by thinking like, okay, you know, if they start to, to win here. But I want to see this team, you know, do what they did yesterday against the upper echelon teams. And it was frightening for the first 30 minutes of this game where they were basically trailing until they tied it up at halftime. Uh, just a little food for thought here and answer the question, you know, what does this season look like for the Raiders long-term against the upper echelon teams? Well, that is a, that's a great question. Cause I, I before, before I, you know, I want to see them repeat this effort against the team they're supposed to beat. Right. Can they right. go into the Superdome and do this? I'm not sure. Right. You would like to think so based on the fact that, Hey, when they play teams that they have better personnel than, uh, certainly better personnel than Houston and Denver. They were able to kind of put those teams away in similar fashion. Uh, but again, I mean, Arizona's nothing to write home about. Um, Tennessee's been solid, very well-coached team, but they're not the team that they were last season, I don't think. Certainly without, without A.J. Brown, not quite the same pop in that passing game. So those games were winnable, and they didn't execute down the stretch situationally. Now, they did do that yesterday. Uh, it, it's, it's a sign of progress. It's a sign of growth. They were able to really uh, – put a team away in the fourth quarter on offense and defense. So I 
I'm not. I'm really not sure. We haven't seen them do it against a good team yet, uh, and they're not going to have an opportunity to do so for quite some time. But uh, I would like to see if this team could stack up some wins against again teams that they're supposed to be. I, I don't. I, I think even though the Saints are struggling, and even though the Saints have quarterback issues and and whatnot, uh, the Superdome is still a really tough place to play, and, and it's just kind of a singular experience. And based on that whole NFC South, where, where that division is trending and where it's at right now, uh, the Saints aren't out of it. So it's still a super significant game for them as well. And, and even though the Raiders are looking at uh, other teams like, hey, these are winnable games, like other teams are viewing the Raiders the exact same way, right? That the Raiders are 2-4, their they're, they're, they're only wins are over Houston and Denver. So they still have you know, a lot to prove before, before I can definitively say that they're ready to beat the best teams in the league. I, they, they've had opportunities so far. Uh, they had an opportunity against Kansas City. They didn't get it done. They're going to have to build on wins like the ones they had yesterday and the ones that might be upcoming on the schedule uh, to, 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 in order to prepare to beat good teams. So we'll see when, when the schedule tests them. Um, but right now uh, they, they do have a nice win to build on, and we'll, we'll have to figure out if that translates um, going down to New Orleans. a very tough place to play on Sunday. The next four games the Raiders ha- are facing teams with below 500 records here. And then their fifth game is against Seattle, and Seattle is – uh, you know, they they are, are better than advertised or better than expected as of now. So really, I mean, the next five games can be very, very winnable games. And so, yeah, false sense of security, maybe possibly. But on the flip side of that, Sam, you can only play the teams that are in front of you, right? That's it. So you got you, you got to win these games coming up and, and no excuses here. Uh, the Saints... Like you said, Superdome, tough place to play, but this Saints team is two and five. Uh, they, right. the, the Raiders, I, I think talent wise, the Raiders may actually have better talent than the Saints. Yeah, no question. I, it's definitely a game that that they should win, and the hallmark of a maturing team is going to be able to is going into a tough place to play like that and handling business on the road, right? Like that. That I think, even though the Saints are only two and five. That is a litmus test from a team with the Raiders who, yes, we've seen the talent. We know it's a playoff caliber team because we saw that last year in terms of talent, uh, but, but we hadn't seen that level of execution. So I think that's what we're going to learn this week. Can the Raiders go into a team uh, on the road, play a team that they should beat and execute hostile situations? That's what I think we're going to find out. Um, yeah, I'm with you, TC. It's a game that they definitely should win, and quite frankly, they need to win because uh, just with all the parity in the AFC, we're not exactly sure who's going to go where. I mean, there's so many of these – interesting matchups um, like this, that it's, it's still a must-win game uh, for the Raiders, as are a number of these. Until they can get back to around 500, uh, maybe a game or two ahead, they still have some breathing room. But what they didn't afford themselves at the 1-4 start is any breathing room, and that's what puts the onus on this game on Sunday um, so much. So, you know, we'll have to see what happens. I'm with you, though. It's a game that the Raiders should win. Um, and they, they, they do, I believe, have a playoff-caliber roster. They've shown it at various junctures this season. Uh, and now it's time to see if they can go, go ahead and put together four good quarters on the road. Everyone's talking about the 38 points that they put on the board yesterday. And again, I mean, there really was no need for A.J. Cole for the better part of that game yesterday. Uh, the Raiders you know, didn't need to punt at all, especially in the second half. But, Sam, it was rather alarming to see Davis Mills be able to direct that Houston offense, which is not very good at all. And, and kind of slice the Raiders up in the secondary here. And here we go again, you know, looking at this Raiders defense. I don't know how confident you are, you know, with this group, but something has got to change here. Give me your thoughts about the Raiders D. Yeah, it's, been, it's certainly been an issue um, so far this season, especially down by the red zone. I think going, coming into yesterday's game, we'll have to see where all the 
kind of the, the, the metrics and stuff shake out after Monday night tonight, but they were um, dead last in, 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 in opposing red zone touchdown efficiency, right? Opposing teams were scoring touchdowns on 81% of uh, their drives when they reached the red zone. So that was um, alarming, as was the lack of takeaways. Uh, the Raiders, the last couple seasons, have not been a team that's created takeaways, uh, and those usually come from, from pressuring the quarterback. And outside of Max Crosby, uh, they haven't generated a whole lot of pressure this year. I thought yesterday, especially in the second half, they took a step uh, in that regard, in generating pressure. I think we've seen Chandler Jones, after a slow start, um, he's played better the last couple of weeks, right? Hasn't necessarily got home every time, but you're starting to see him generate pressure more. I think that has been the biggest issue on the defense. We know um, Nate Hobbs has hobbled. That's a, that's a big loss uh, when, you, when you don't have a Pro Bowl um, caliber corner out there. Uh, so the way to kind of make up for that is by, by generating a pass rush because that takes pressure off the corners and safeties a little bit and makes everybody's job easier. So um, it's been an issue so far. But that's, that's I think, one area with the pass rush where, where they can potentially turn it around. They have the personnel, uh, and, and they've, they've been better uh, in that regard, I think, the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, they, there's still, I think, a ways to go um, on that end. But, but all things considered, I mean, given what we've, what we've seen over the last six weeks, I would think Raiders fans uh, have to be encouraged by the way the defense finished that game. They, they got the key stop when they absolutely had to have it. They got the pick six. Um, yes, it's Houston, but it's still a step because they were, they, they were struggling in that regard uh, through the first five games. So a little bit of improvement on that in the second half uh, of the game, and the Raiders are going to need that to carry over um, into the New Orleans team where, again, if, if they're – there, there, there's opportunities to be had. Andy Dalton for two pick sixes uh, on Thursday night. Like this is a team where you can go get the ball uh, if you make certain plays in the backfield and are able to get after the quarterback. So I think there are going to be opportunities, and we're going to see if the Raiders can capitalize. All right, my friend Sam Gordon here, as we know, is a Minneapolis native, and uh, I will. I'm going to set you up here, Sam. Uh, your Minnesota Vikings had a bye yesterday. Uh, are they the worst five and one team out there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I mean, maybe. <laughs> um, I, they, Come on, Sam. That's not uh, definitive enough. Are they the worst five and one team out there or not? Uh, they might be. Are they the only? Well, yeah, I guess so. Right. <laughs> I think they have to be by default. Um, they've they've been solid. They've been rock solid. I think where they've been really good um, is situationally. That's where they struggled under Mike Zimmer, and it's a team now that's reduced their penalties. I think they're in the top five uh, in the NFL in, in, in fewest penalties, leaning into Kirk Cousins. Uh, and Justin Jefferson, there's been a real connection there, one of the best uh, in the NFL. And then late in games, they've been, they've been great on, on both ends. So uh, the schedule has been, been relatively soft so far. I think the one big game they've had was going into Philly, and uh, they got wrecked by Philly in that game and had their opportunities in the second half to come back and couldn't do it. Uh, so this is a team in the, within the Vikings that should be in the mix uh, for the number one seed. The division is down. I mean, we saw Green Bay yesterday and where they're at. Uh, we see Detroit and we see the Bears, right? The division is down. It's a prime opportunity um, for the Vikings to, to go 13-4, and 14-3, and three, string together some wins, and, and, and maybe push Philly for that number one seed. But uh, until it's the postseason, I'm not, it, I think it's going to be hard to really glean or gather um, how good this team is just because of the schedule and where they're at and, and just because uh, we've got to see it with Kirk Cousins. Uh, we've got to see if he can break through uh, in the postseason and what, what he's capable of on that kind of stage. So uh, it'll be interesting. But I know the fans back home are, are really happy with, with Kevin O'Connell and kind of the direction he's leading this team. I know Mike Zimmer, uh, you know, had worn out his welcome there, and Vikings fans are certainly excited about what they have, you know, starting out 5-1. and 5-1, and one, the uh, Giants 6-1, and one, Buffalo Bills 5-1, and one, so there are a couple of one-loss teams there. And, uh, yeah, like I said, you can only, you know, play the teams that are on your schedule, and, and the Vikings have gotten the job done. You mentioned Kevin Connell there, and, again, 
most people don't even know who he is. Uh, is there is there much of a difference between his approach and Mike Zimmer's approach? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, there was definitely some tension between Mike Zimmer and Kevin O'Connell, and I, or not not Kevin O'Connell, Kirk Cousins, right. and uh, it really affected the dynamic of the team. And Kevin O'Connell and and um, Kirk Cousins have a prior relationship. O'Connell was the quarterback's coach, I believe, when Cousins was in Washington. And and there's just a real comfort and and and, and trust there. And my my my, my best friend actually, um, Dame Mizutani, who's a great sports writer for the St. Paul Pioneer Press, uh, wrote a column. You know, he's he's very abreast to what's going on with the Vikings. And he wrote a column last week about that very dynamic, about how Kirk Cousins uh, is being himself and, and is feeling more comfortable in who he is in this offense and, and in the locker room too, and how it's paying off. So. Uh, the, the shift to a younger, more more aggressive, uh, more offensive-minded coach, I think, has definitely paid dividends uh, for the Vikings so far. Uh, and and there's again a lot of good vibes in, in Minneapolis from not right now, from what I'm gathering. So um, Mike Zimmer, you know, did a great job in his tenure, especially early on, just establishing some consistency and some baseline expectations. Uh, but I, he definitely wore that locker room out, and, and I think the Vikings uh, players are, are certainly uh, relieved to have a new voice in there. All right, Sam Gordon joins us. All right, Sam, before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention the opening week of the NBA season. And uh, we see the Warriors on opening night uh, drill press uh, the Lakers. Lakers off to a horrendous start, what, 0-3 start uh, there. Uh, Give me some, uh, some quick takeaways from the opening week of the NBA season in your eyes. Yeah, Boston and Milwaukee, clearly the class of the East, and, and even with, with the coaching situation um, in Boston, that team hasn't seemed to miss a beat. Joe Mazzulla doing a fantastic job on Jason Tatum. Uh, I know it's, it's early, 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 but he's playing like, you know, an MVP, like the MVP of the league. He's just carrying himself that way on both ends of the floor. He's been dynamic, and then we know what we're going to get from Milwaukee. Uh, I think in the West, uh, you're, you're going to see some teams working to figure out some chemistry, the Timberwolves being one of them, and then the Nuggets as well. As they, you know, add Rudy Gobert and then welcome back Michael Porter and Jamal Murray, uh, respectively, figuring some things out. I think Golden State is Golden State. You know they're going to be there at the end. Will they repeat? I'm not sure yet. And, and then you mentioned the Lakers, uh, just a, 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 the opposite of a dynamic roster around LeBron and, and AD, right? You need shooters around those guys, uh, and there's no shooting on the roster whatsoever. And then the Westbrook situation uh, feels like it's getting more tense by the day um, with, with how he's performed this year and the effect that it's had on the team. So, it's a long season. Um, it's a marathon. Expecting the Lakers to make a trade at some point. I think Philly, too, the Sixers, a uh, team that a lot of people had high hopes for, high expectations for. I know, starting out 0-3, uh, it's very early, but big picture, I- I'm, not, I'm not sold that they're a, a real contender um, when, when you take a look at, at just kind of their construction of the roster. I don't think there's enough perimeter defense, uh, and, and I'm still concerned from a leadership standpoint where are they getting that from. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, long way to go, but it's good to have basketball back and, and, and fun to follow and everything. And, and uh, you know, it's a great time of year with the NFL uh, in full effect, with the World Series right around the corner, with the NBA season um, starting and then the NHL too. So it's, it's a great time to be a sports fan and a great time to be in Vegas. No doubt about it. And back to Westbrook, I just don't understand why uh, even LeBron James, and whether he believed this or not, but, you know, uh, before the season started, was talking about Westbrook. And, and why do people think uh, that, that – things would change with Russell Westbrook. I mean, really, it, it doesn't matter who the coach is. Uh, this this thing just continues to be a mess with him. And now we see you know him getting benched in crunch time again. Again, doesn't matter who the coach is, but 
I, I don't understand why people would think that something would just change with this guy just because the calendar is flipping and it's a new season. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think maybe some of that was, you know, public posturing to try and, you know, create trade value or, or whatever. I mean, clearly ineffective, right? Like we've seen how he's played so far and he's still on the team. So because he's such a big expiring contract, I do believe he will get moved at some point. But and there, are, there are various uh, trade scenarios that make sense uh, for, for where, the, where the opposing or where the other teams uh, would add draft compensation and be able to get out of some contracts and the Lakers are able to add players that contribute and are, make sense around LeBron and AD. But uh, the roster is an absolute mess right now, and we've seen that play out uh, so far through the first two games. Uh, they, they're defending at a high level, but the offense is an absolute mess. Um, and from a chemistry perspective, you can tell things aren't, aren't clicking perfectly, and, and I think the Westbrook situation um, has a lot to do with that. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's a long season, and again, I do expect the Lakers – uh, to make a move at some point, because when LeBron signed off for that extension, he, you know he didn't have to sign a contract extension. He agreed uh, to an extra year there, so so you would have to think that that meant that there was an agreement in place that they were going to be a little bit more aggressive in how they construct this roster. Um, they, one thing though is that, that this current one doesn't make any sense, and uh, and until it changes, the Lakers are going to continue to be irrelevant. So. That's where we're at right now. It's a long season again. Good to have basketball back. You got it, brother. All right, Sam. Great stuff. Continue following Sam. He's a great follow on Twitter as well at by Sam Gordon, and check out his columns in the Las Vegas Review Journal. Whether you're old school or not, the paper or online, whatever it is. And notice, you know, earlier on, Sam, you said, you know, uh, you've referred to it as the paper. At what point in time do people quit calling it the paper? I- I don't know. That's a great question, TC. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna always call him one. I'm, a, you know. I, Me too. I, that's, that's what I. That's what I love. So, uh, the game's changing, but but some things will stay the same. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll keep on at the paper for a while. <laughs> Are we gonna go back to your wet newspaper complaints? Uh, well, if we start getting rain again, again, yeah, yeah, again, that's it. I'm an old school guy. I get my newspaper delivered. There it is. And, and see, Sam could appreciate that as well, too. You know, put that rubber band around the paper. And if you're going to deliver it, okay, get it to my doorstep. Okay. And I'm not talking to the circulation department. Sam is, you know, on the editorial side. So he's got nothing to do with that. Num Chuck. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Rubber band around the newspaper, put it in the bag. Boom. There you go. All right, Sam. We appreciate you, brother. Be good, and uh, we'll see you around. All right, thanks, CC. Talk to him. Take care. <laughs> there it is, Sam Gordon. <laughs> Why do you bring that up, Nemshaw? He had no. He was like, "I'm not touching that at all." <laughs> <laughs> Why did you bring it up? Yeah, because I was. I was just what I thought you were going to go for. I thought you were going to kind of lead into it a little bit no. about you were having issues with your newspapers. So you know last what? I, week you know or two I, weeks ago. You know what I do? I uh, when I uh, leave for. Even if I'm gone for a day, whether it's two, three a week, I do the vacation hole. Yep. So I do not get my newspapers, um, you know, delivered to me. But you know what they've done? Going back a couple years now, they used to give you credit and not charge you for those days. They go, nah, no more credit. We'll just give because well, we'll, nobody's getting the paper. It's like we'll give you the two bucks. For it's not a, my point. If I don't get a paper for a year, dude. If, if I don't get a, a paper, give me credit. Like you did back in the day. That's it. Two bucks for a year. It is not. What do you you, can, you don't even get the paper delivered to you. You don't even know what you're talking about. You can get it for like, they have them all the time. They, they I should, think I get it for like 13 or 16 bucks a year. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's not two bucks. So you want your credit. Here's your four it's pennies. It's the I'll principle. It okay, it's the principle. Okay, if you're going to go to White Castles, you're going to get that crappy burger for 59 cents. What's a White Castle burger right now? I think it's like 59, 69 cents. Okay, 59, like 69 cents. Okay, let's say you don't get that burger. 
hamburger. Okay, you're gonna say well, it's only fifty nine cents, so who cares? No. Or if they give it to you and it's all smashed. Okay. That's the best way to have it. Yeah. Okay. Let's just say it's deteriorated, or say you don't get it at all. Somebody drops it on the ground. Are you gonna say, "Oh, forget it's only fifty nine cents"? No. No, you're not gonna say that. Gonna see so that. It's the and same principle. The newspaper. The same paper. Yeah. They're gonna give you. They're gonna give you the I'm same. I'm not complaining sandwich. about it. Okay. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that I'm not one to say, "Hey, uh, you know, I, I, I want credit." I'm just saying it's rather odd for them just to assume like, "Hey, no, no credit." I'm okay because it is minimal. You're right. But I do enjoy those days that, you know, my paper's not stacked up when I come home. So I go, forget it. Vacation hold. Oh, do you want to donate your papers? Sure. I'll donate the papers. Or do you want all your papers delivered to you when you get back? No. I don't want that. So anyway, you brought that up, not me. I know I did. Yeah. It's just a little bit <laughs> try, of fun. Trying to stir it up, aren't you? I am. But yeah, on, when, when the rainy days come and it gets soaked again. They'll be on blast. I'm, I'm just waiting for a phone call from Fernando. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Chuck Esposito is going to join us when we come back. We talk about who won on the betting side of the counter. Was it the players or was it the books? This is Showtime Sean Porter. You know I'm tuning in to the T.C. Martin Show.